COVID lockdowns have a way of cutting out lots of variety in our life. Events like going out, seeing friends, social events, dating, going to and from work seem to all disappear. And when those joy moments go out of our lives, it certainly has creates the space for stress to rise in our life. And one of the symptoms of stress in our life is a lack of sleep. And it's a topic that I'd love to cover today to explore more around the problems that arise from a lack of sleep and insomnia, and also discuss some possible remedies. And probably firstly, before that, even recognize that sleep or insomnia is a real epidemic now. And from our latest research we have, it now is saying that one in three people actually suffers from sleep dysfunction. So I'd love to welcome to our Hello Coach Cast conversation today, one of our incredible coaches on the platform, Nicole, who's had a lot of experience with dealing with stress solutions, recognizing the symptoms of stress, as well as helping people navigate through the stress of not sleeping. So it's it's a conversation that I'm very much looking forward to. So today, welcome back, Nicole. Hello, Victoria. So sleep, wow, I was not aware. I mean, gosh, I know that everyone is completely stressed to the eyeballs right now, and it makes sense that sleep would be impacted. So I'd love to hear around some of the challenges that you have had on the front line with conversations around this topic of what, in your experience and opinion, is driving this increase in insomnia. It's absolutely fascinating. Absolutely, Victoria. And it is frightening to wrap our heads around the fact that it has become such an epidemic. I mean, even five years ago, if you went into a health food store, you wouldn't see all the supplements, the melatonin, all the sleep aids. They just weren't there. And the reason I know that is I have a great history with insomnia myself. I um, My little story is that when I was quite young, when I was 17, I got meningitis and that left me with severe headaches. And then exactly 17 years to the day again, I, I got meningitis, <laughs> which scars the meninges and it leaves you, well, it left me struggling to sleep. I'd go to bed with a headache and it was really difficult with all the side effects so it became a little bit of a well, it came a big chronic problem for me. So I have a very soft spot for anyone out there who does struggle with sleep. It is very boring and lonely being the only one awake in the house at three in the morning. And it seems to always be exacerbated when you have a very important date the next day or an occasion at work or you have to be all together. So um, obviously, as you mentioned, and incredibly relevant is the fact that we are in the midst of a pandemic, repeated lockdowns, a whole lot of uncertainty. And even that, yes, before that, you did ask me, why was it becoming worse and worse? And I think one of the biggest problems has been to, to take that step back, the rise in technology, the blue screen light, people hanging off their phones and their iPads late at night. And just the stress of modern life and us seeming to cram more and more onto our to-do lists. And I've always actually been quite bemused by the fact that 
the more technology we tend to harness and be made available to us, the less time we seem to have. And um, I think you've touched on it many times. We seem to just be in a frenzy of to-do lists. And I think the rise of all of that and the pressures in the world and all the, the world events that, you know, everyone's aware of and, and is affected by have just exacerbated that ability to switch off at night. So when I faced my own sleep issues, I went to a naturopath and I did a lot of research and a lot of study and I have found a way to move through to the other side. I am a work in progress, but I have a lot of skills in my toolbox or tools, as you would call them, that are very much my friends. And I'd love to share them at a time like now where so many people are overwhelmed, are anxious because they haven't got that certainty of knowing what is around the corner. Their life doesn't look the same. They're juggling so much at home, maybe work is in the same room as where they sleep. And that again is a big problem. So yes, sleep has become a huge epidemic. You've hit on a couple of really important areas. And I wonder whether people, whether there's, look, we've just ascertain that one in three have experienced insomnia. And then I'm wondering, I mean, I've certainly experienced periods where I don't sleep and wander around at 3am in the morning (laughs) for a variety of reasons. I'm wondering whether people are experiencing insomnia via a lack of quality of sleep. So they're either not staying asleep for long periods of time. And then there's another type of sleep disturbance when you are waking up at 3 or 4am and you just can't get back to sleep. Absolutely. And I'm wondering in your experience and your understanding from the clients that you've coached with around this particular topic, is there varying degrees of insomnia and stress associated to our sleep patterns? Absolutely, Victoria. hit the nail on the head. So there are two kinds of insomnia in a sense just to simplify it there are there is what you hit on um a you can't get to sleep so you're laying awake for hours and hours and getting more and more anxious oh I've got to sleep I've got to sleep and the other situation which is even worse is you find it very difficult to fall asleep but you also wake up like you said at three wandering around for various reasons and that is not only very distressing for individuals, but long-term effects of sleep loss and chronic insomnia, uh, you know, point to things like Alzheimer's, uh, diabetes, because often when you're that tired, the very next day, you're snacking on sugar and then you're getting the insulin spike and you've got hormones released like ghrelin, which make you need to eat more and more And people reach for the junk food because they just want that comfort food when they're feeling miserable and exhausted. So it's a bit of a self-perpetuating cycle. It's a bit like a panic attack, goes round and around. But there is hope and there are things you can do. And I've learned a profound difference can be made by looking at your sleep hygiene, your general health, your exercise, and you do need to have an exercise regime of some kind and your mindset. And I think I'd love to expand on those if you want me to, but that has changed my life. 
Thank you. And I absolutely agree that there are definite remedies out there and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy half the time. Going back to sleep hygiene, I'm almost probably going to put that into a category of having a sleep ritual or a preparing. I've, I've coached many clients over the years who have anxiety and who have struggled with sleep. And it's creating a specific bedtime ritual that they disconnect from devices at eight o'clock, you know, they'll have a bath or a shower, they'll get into bed, read a book, they'll literally remove devices going back to what you were talking before and that blue light stimulation and the constant ease of jumping on a technology device. And it actually works against us because it's gearing our body up to thinking that we've got to stay in this overstimulated space. Whereas if we have a ritual at night, it helps us prepare and it anchors the body into a mindset state. Oh, it's sleep time now. Yes. I actually need to I actually need to slow down here and start to de-stress my brain from the day's events. And I'm wondering if you've also had come across some of those examples when you've coached clients of the importance of a ritual and is that your version of a sleep hygiene? Absolutely. Absolutely, Victoria, you're right. First of all, if you look at our circadian rhythm, our body is attuned to going with the light. So essentially, you're right, a ritual is so important. There's got to be a time in the day where you are switching off slowing down and letting your body know, ah, okay, I'm coming into that next cycle, which is I'm getting ready for bed, I'm getting ready for sleep. And, yes, 8 o'clock, I even say to people at 6 o'clock, put down, you know, your work hat, take it off and start slowing down. And also, you know, there's beautiful things that you can do which actually make you feel a little bit special, which can help particularly with anxiety too. You can run a bath. You can use essential oils such as lavender, rose geranium, anything that you actually like the smell of. You've got to test and try it a little bit, but there are soporific oils like that which help you become sleepy. I also tell people do not um, see if you can black out your room. So it is really lovely if you could get to sleep by about 10, wake up at 6 naturally with the light and then I always say this worked for me too. go and sit outside in the sun in the morning with your coffee or your tea. Just take a few moments, breathe and get that 10 minutes of sun. Repeat that at lunchtime and in the evening at sunset. And then your body is getting more attuned with the right circadian rhythm, which is why people use melatonin, because that's the hormone we we basically need to sleep. Yes, so the ritual is important. And apart from the other thing is if you really must be on your device, make make sure you switch it off at least, I I think, two hours before you go to bed. Reading is so much better. And don't read the most stimulating study book or War and Peace. Just read something that will let you let go. Uh, And and another really big tip is do not eat a massive steak at 9 p.m. because your body is trying to rest and digest and you're going to have weird dreams, you're not going to, and we all know about gut health and how 90% of, um, you know, our well-being comes from a happy gut. So if your gut's working so hard to do that late while you're sleeping, 
That is really counterproductive. So try and have a bigger meal at lunchtime, a smaller meal at night, dim the room, block out the curtains if you can. And, you know, there is the old saying, your bed really should only be used for sleep or sex. And I stand by that. It's a pretty good way to go. If you've got all your desk in front of you and you're cluttered because you're working from home, I suggest you try and move to another room of the house or at least declutter your desk or put a screen in front of it. And, yeah. I agree. There are so many amazing solutions and strategies that I've just been taking a note of as you were talking. And it's one of those things, again, of being so mindful and aware, such as when you were saying going out and sitting in the sun of a morning, like we, I think we're actually all of us right now have are experiencing less vitamin D because we are not moving around as much. We are all indoors. We are under, you know, in lockdown and we're just not getting out there to absorb the nutrients that we need to create healthy serotonin and melatonin levels. And that's something to be certainly very mindful of. So there are some amazing tips in that. I wanted to ask you a question around (laughs) they are, so what you've covered is some really like really practical solutions. If you're aware that you have sleep insomnia, what about the people that have stress around their sleep but are not aware that they have an issue or let's call it the label of insomnia? What are some of the symptoms before we get to solutions of behaviours that we would see that would be indicative that they're suffering from stress around their sleep. I'd love just to focus That's an on that. excellent question. I think one of the biggest red flags is if you see going to bed as a bit of a battlefield, a bit of if you're fighting with sleep mentally. So you may not realise that you have insomnia, but you you are aware, obviously, that you've got heightened stress. I think you said, am I right? You're stressed. I think a a symptom of that is you get into bed and your mind is racing. You've got all sorts of thoughts flying around. And like in meditation, I mean, not everyone meditates, but I mean the premise, and it's becoming obviously much more prevalent in the workplace everywhere, um, is that we, we all have these thoughts. But if you could possibly just let them come in, acknowledge them, you know, listen to them and then let them go, that's healthy. But if those thoughts are coming in and starting to spin around and around and you're fixating on them and you're feeling a bit agitated, that is a pretty good indication that you are, you've got some issues with unwinding and that's going to definitely impact the quality of your sleep as well. And that's the thing. We're taught that we should get between seven and nine hours of sleep, most people anyway. But what I've learned is it's the quality of your sleep that is even more important than the quantity. I mean, we all know Napoleon could manage on four hours. I'm not Napoleon. But if you get unbroken sleep, I know I feel much more refreshed. And research tends to point out that, yes, it's the quality that truly matters. I'm curious to understand more of the symptoms that could prove to be a warning system for people obviously who are listening to our conversation today that 
may not even be thinking that they've got stress around their sleep. How does it present in someone's behavior? So I can only speak from personal experience and other clients that I've coached over you know, a long period of time that it can come across through irritability. Yes, there's certainly that mind racing that it goes, it's this perpetual, it's like your thoughts are, as I've explained to clients over the years, your thoughts are stuck on a washing machine spin cycle and there's no, there's, there's, there's no exit point. It just goes round and round and round and round and round until you are aware that you cannot keep operating like that and then you need to put in measures to switch, you know, push the stop button on the machine washing cycle. And I'm conscious that, yes, our our behaviours can become frayed. We can certainly become more frustrated. We become more short-tempered. We can become angry. We become highly irritated. (laughs) What are some of the other warning bells that could help bring awareness to to those who are listening to to help them even start to be curious that they actually may have sleep insomnia going on great question you've covered many of them with irritability a short fuse whereas normally you'd say come on kids we've got to get the everyone up to school you're like get in the car you know everyone's a little bit more afraid than usual um i think a good thing to notice would be if you're waking up not refreshed and if your productivity is affected in any way or you're starting to feel you're losing your sense of purpose a little bit, you're losing your focus, all those things that seem to come up when you're not having quality sleep. And yet some people are very driven, like you say, and they're just on that treadmill and they're not really recognising. So it is really important for people to step back for a minute and think, are there big changes in my productivity or do I feel the same way? Am I loving my work the way I usually do? Yes, I have had a short fuse lately. Do I wake up feeling like, oh, my God, I'm ready for a new day or I'm kind of tired, just weary, and it's almost a world weariness. And over time it can become very debilitating. But in the beginning, it's great that you're asking to look for those first little markers, apart from the really good ones you pointed out. I think it is really your attitude to life and I think that can come from diminished quality of sleep. Yeah. may not even know it. They might even just have sleep apnea and not realise that they're waking up all the time. But I think when your well-being and your sense of joy and purpose and all those things seem slightly diminished, I'd start to worry then a little, or not worry, but I'd, I'd look at things, take a step back, and just start keeping a journal, keep a sleep journal. And also, yeah. I, I think it's, again, you've raised some really good points because I was I was reflecting on what we've covered so far in our conversation and curious as to when people do lose their sense of joy or their sense of purpose, the, how that then feeds into depression. Yes. And depression, I know, is such an unspoken symptom and also epidemic within itself. And if you're not having quality sleep, your serotonin and your whole brain function is so impacted on such a negative level that you don't think straight. You're not thinking rationally. It does increase 
you know, what I call with my clients over the years, mad scientist thinking, (laughs) where you go, again, it's just literally like this mad scientist behavior where you're constantly on, you're constantly thinking, and it's just your mind is racing. And and eventually, A, you get to a burnout, you get to a, a, a deep chronic fatigue, but all along, like I think our bodies are so clever and they will give us the indicators that we need if we are awake enough and we're mindful to our bodies that they can give us such clues to know that we're out of balance somewhere in our system. And it may be sleep. Sleep may be the common offender here. But I know that then that goes on to another conversation that I'd love to have with you around <laughs> our bodies and health and stress. But they are certainly, they can give us, they're like temples. They give us clear direction and they communicate with us in a language that tells us we're either thriving or we're diving. And our job as human beings is start to become so conscious around that the, the sometimes subtle symptoms that we may get, that if we don't take action around it, they end up becoming deep symptoms of chronic ill health, such as sleep insomnia. And we've raised some really, really interesting points today because I do believe that so many of us have aren't getting enough sleep and are dealing with stress and stress is impacting so many people and but they're not necessarily aware that they might be aware that they're waking up, but they wouldn't necessarily know that, okay, this is my opportunity to get my sleep hygiene in place. This is the opportunity to increase my exercise to help deal with stress and physical stress and offset some of that mental stress. And that then pushes you in or encourages you then to have a positive mindset, like everything absolutely feeds into one another, right? And it's oh yes, just find it fascinating, the whole mind-body-soul connection of the relationship between all of it. Well, you raised a beautiful point and a critical point to be aware of. You said it so well, people, particularly very driven and busy people who thrive or think they're thriving in that busyness and who may be having diminished sleep, the word burnout is a worry because what happens is, like you pointed out, they may not be aware because they're so in their busyness that suddenly they head for breakdown. And and you mentioned the word depression. And one of the, if you follow Marissa Peer in the UK, she has got a, she sets out depression as having a, a big underlying factor of not following your heart's desire or not oh having your <laughs> I know. Oh my God, that was like music to my heart. I, I mean, this is, I know this is not for everyone, but there is again, the body and our heart will always try and wake us up. And if we're oh, depressed yeah. in our lives and on our life path, this, Nicole, this just gets me so excited. This conversation. Another conversation. We, we have to, we have yeah. to talk about it at another point, we'll but the, this the, again. the body uh, is such an incredible internal compass for us. If we slow down enough to listen to the signs that it's actually trying to help us on our journey. So gosh, so many amazing insights, so many amazing solutions. Thank you so much again for another incredibly inspiring conversation around Thank the stress you and how to be aware that 
we have issues with our, our sleep and some solutions to help navigate us back to a place of having a happy mindset, having positive sleep hygiene. And thank you again, Nicole, for being on our podcast today and being a part of our conversation. And I definitely look forward to having you back again. I would love that. Thank you so much, Victoria. You're very welcome. Thank you, Nicole. We hope you enjoyed this episode. As a special thank you for spending time with us, we'd like to give you a special Kickstarter coaching offer to help you build on your progress today. Your coach will help you break down your obstacles, clarify your goals, and set actionable steps to create the future you dream of. Whether you seek to improve your well-being, change your career, build your business, or deepen your connection with those around you. To kickstart your coaching, head to hello-coach.com today. We look forward to catching up with you, another inspirational coach, next time. Until then, take care and remember, Hello Coach is here to guide you on your journey to your best life.